Unbound Theatre presents Sounds and Sweet Airs, the complete works of William Shakespeare. The Merry Wives of Windsor, Act 4. Is he at Master Ford's already, thinkst thou? Sure he is by this, or will be presently. But truly, he is very courageous mad about his throwing into the water. Mistress Ford desires you to come suddenly. I'll be with her by and by. Mistress Ford, your sorrow hath eaten up my sufferance. I see you are obsequious in your love, but are you sure of your husband now? He's a birding, sweet Sir John. What ho, gossip Ford, what ho? Step into the chamber, Sir John. How now, sweetheart? Who's at home besides yourself? Why, none but mine own people. Indeed. No, certainly. Speak louder. Truly, I am so glad you have nobody here. Why? Why, woman, your husband is in his old loons again. He so takes on yonder with my husband, so rails against all married mankind. So curses all Eve's daughters that any madness I ever yet beheld seemed but tameness, civility and patience to this distemper he is in now. I am glad the fat knight is not here. Now he shall see his own foolery. How near is he, Mistress Page? Hard by, at street end. He will be here anon. I am undone. The night is here. Why, then, you are utterly shamed, and he is but a dead man. What a woman are you? Away with him, away with him. Better shame than murder. Which way should he go? How should I bestow him? Shall I put him into the basket again? No, I'll come no more in the basket. May I not go out ere he come? Alas, three of Master Ford's brothers watch the door with pistols that none shall issue out. Otherwise you might slip away ere he came. What shall I do? I'll creep up into the chimney. There they always used to discharge their birding pieces. There is no hiding you in the house. I'll go out then. If you go out in your own semblance, you die, Sir John, unless you go out disguised. How might we disguise him? Alas, the day I know not. There is no woman's gown big enough for him, otherwise he might put on a hat, a muffler and a kerchief, and so escape. Good hearts, devise something, any extremity rather than a mischief. My maid's aunt, the fat woman of Brentford, has a gown above. Oh, my word, it will serve him. She's as big as he is. Run up, Sir John. Go, go, sweet Sir John. Mistress Page and I will look some linen for your head. Quick, quick. We'll come dress you straight. Put on the gown the while. I would my husband would meet him in this shape. He cannot abide the old woman of Brentford. He swears she's a witch, forbade her my house, and a threatened to beat her. But is my husband coming? Ah, in good sadness is he, and talks of the basket too, howsoever he hath had intelligence. We'll try that, for I'll appoint my men to carry the basket again, to meet him at the door with it as they did last time. Nay, but he'll be here presently. Let's go dress him like the witch of Brentford. I'll first direct my men what they shall do with the basket. Go up, I'll bring linen for him straight. Hang him, dishonest varlet. We cannot misuse him enough. We'll leave a proof by that which we will do. Wives may be merry and yet honest too. Go, sirs, take the basket again. Your master is hard at door. If he bid you set it down, obey him. Quickly, dispatch. Dispatch. 
Come, come, take it up. Uh, pray heaven it be not full of night again. Aye, but if it prove true, Master Page, have you any way then to unfool me again? Set down the basket, villain. Oh, you panderly rascals. There's a knot, a ginger peck, a conspiracy against me. Now shall the devil be shamed. What, wife, I say? Come, come forth. Behold, what honest clothes you send forth to bleaching. Why this passes, master, for you are not to go loose any longer. You must be pinioned. Why, this is lunatics. This is mad as a mad dog. Indeed, Master Ford, this is not well. Indeed. So say I too, sir. Come hither, Mistress Ford. Mistress Ford, the honest woman, the modest wife, the virtuous creature that hath the jealous fool to her husband. I suspect without cause, Mistress, do I? Heaven be my witness, you do, if you suspect me in any dishonesty. Well said, brazen face. Uh, hold it out. Come forth, sirrah. This passes. Are you not ashamed? Let the clothes alone. I shall find you anon. Tis unreasonable. Will you take up your wife's clothes? Come away. God, empty the basket, I say. Why, man, why? Master Page, as I am a man, there was one conveyed out of my house yesterday in this basket. Why may not he be there again? In my house, I am sure he is. My intelligence is true. My jealousy is reasonable. Pluck me out all the linen. If you find a man there, he shall die a flea's death. Here's no man. By my fidelity, this is not well, Master Ford. This wrongs you. Master Ford, you must pray and not follow the imaginations of your own heart. This is jealousies. <clears throat> well, he's not here I seek for. No nor nowhere else but in your brain. Help to search my house this one time. If I find not what I seek, let me forever be your table sport. Satisfy me once more. Once more search with me. What ho, Mistress Page, come you and the old woman down. My husband will come into the chamber. Old woman? What old woman's that? Nay, it's my maid's aunt of Brentford. A witch! A board! An old cousining board! Have I not forbid her my house? Come down, you witch! You hag, you! Come down, I say! Nay, good sweet husband. Good gentleman, let him not strike this old woman. Come, Mother Pratt, come. Give me your hand. Oh, Pratter! Out of my door, you witch! You hag! You baggage, you polecat! You'll run you out, out! I'll conjure you! I'll fortune tell you! <laughs> Are you not ashamed? I think you've killed the poor woman. Nay, he will do it. Tis a goodly credit for you. Hang her! Witch! By the yea and no, I think the woman is a witch indeed. I spy a great beard under his muffler. Will you follow, gentlemen? I beseech you, follow. See but the issue of my jealousy. <sighs> Let's obey his humour a little further. Come, gentlemen. Trust me, he beat him most pitifully. What think you? 
Shall we tell our husbands how we have served him? Yes, by all means. I'll warrant they'll have him publicly shamed. And methinks there would be no period to the jest should he not be publicly shamed. Come, to the forge with it then. Shape it. I would not have things cool. "'Tis one of the best discretions of a woman as ever I did look upon." "'And did he send ye both these letters at an instant?" "'Within a quarter of an hour." Oh, "'Pardon me, wife. Henceforth, do what thou wilt. I will rather suspect the sun with cold than thee with wantonness. Oh, now doth thy honour stand in him that was of late an heretic, as firm as faith." "'Tis well, tis well no more. Be not as extreme in submission as in offence, but let our plot go forward. Let our wives, yet once again to make us public sport, appoint a meeting with this old fat fellow where we may take him and disgrace him for it. There is no better way than that they spoke of. How? To send him word they'll meet him in the park at midnight? Fie, fie, he'll never come. Devise but how you'll use him when he comes, and let us two devise to bring him thither. There is an old tale goes that Hearn the Hunter, sometime a keeper here in Windsor Forest, doth all the winter time at still midnight walk round about an oak with great ragged horns, and there he blasts the tree and takes the cattle and makes Milchkind yield blood and shakes a chain in a most hideous and dreadful manner. But what of this? Marry, this is our device, that Falstaff at that oak shall meet with us, disguised like Hearn, with huge horns on his head. <laughs> what shall be done with him? What is your plot? That likewise we have thought upon, and thus. Nan Page and some more of the town will dress like urchins, elves and fairies, green and white. As Falstaff, she and I are newly met, let them from forth a sawpit rush at once with some diffused song. Upon their sight we two in great amazedness will fly. Then let them all encircle him about and fairy-like to pinch the unclean knight and ask him why that hour of fairy revel in their so sacred paths he dares to tread in shape profane. Until he tell the truth, let the supposed fairies pinch him sound and burn him with their tapers. The truth being known, we'll all present ourselves, dishorn the spirit and mock him home to Windsor. The children must be practised well to this or, or they'll never do it. I will teach the children their behaviours and I will be like a jack and apes also to burn the night with my taper. <laughs> that will be excellent. I'll go and buy them vizards. My nan shall be the queen of all the fairies, finely attired in a robe of white. That silk will I go by, and in that time shall Master Slender steal my nan away and marry her at Eton. Go send to Falstaff straight. Nay, I'll to him again in name of Brook. He'll tell me all his purpose. Sure he'll come. Fear you not that. Go get us properties and tricking for our fairies. Let us about it. It is admirable pleasures and very honest knaveries. Go, Mistress Ford. Send Mistress quickly, quickly to Sir John to know his mind. 
I'll to the doctor, he hath my good will, and none but he to marry with Nanpage. That slender, though he well landed, is an idiot, and he my husband best of all effects. The doctor is well moneyed, and his friends potent at court. He, none but he, shall have her, though twenty thousand worthier come to crave her. There's an old woman, a fat woman, gone up into his chamber. Ha! A fat woman? The knight may be robbed. I'll call. A bully knight! Bully, Sir John! Speak from my lungs, military. Art thou there? It is thine host. How now, mine host? Here's one that tarries the coming down of thy fat woman. Let her descend, bully, let her descend. My chambers are honourable. Fie, privacy, fie. There was, mine host, an old fat woman even now with me, but she's gone. Pray you, sir, was not the wise woman of Brentford? Sir John, uh, was there a wise woman with thee? Aye, that there was, mine host. One that hath taught me more wit than ever I learned before in my life. If it should come to the ear of the court, how I had been washed and cudgelled, I warrant they would whip me with their fine wits till I were a crestfallen as a dried pear. Well, if my wind were but long enough to say my prayers, I would repent. Now, whence come you? From the two parties, forsooth. And the devil take one party and his damn the other. I have suffered more for their sakes than man's disposition is able to bear. And have they not suffered? Yes, I warrant speciously one of them, Mistress Four, good heart, is beaten black and blue that you cannot see a white spot about what her. What tellest thou me of black and blue? I was beaten myself into all the colours of the rainbow. I was like to be set in the stocks for a witch. Sir, let me speak with you in your chamber. You shall hear how things go, and I warrant to your content. Here is a letter will say somewhat. Good hearts, what ado here is to bring you together. Sure, one of you does not serve Evan well that you are so crossed. Come into my chamber. Master Fenton, talk not to me. My mind is heavy. I will give over all. Yet hear me speak. Assist me in my purpose, and, as I am a gentleman, I'll give thee a hundred pound in gold more than your loss. I will hear you, Master Fenton, and I will, at the least, keep your counsel. From time to time I have acquainted you with the dear love I bear to fair Anne Page, who mutually hath answered my affection so far forth as herself might be her chooser. Even to my wish, I have a letter from her, of such contents as you will wonder at. Tonight at Hearn's Oak, just twixt twelve and one, must my sweet Anne present the Fairy Queen. The purpose why is here, in which disguise, while other jests are something rank on foot, her father hath commanded her to slip away with Slender, and with him at Eton immediately to marry. She hath consented. Now, sir, her mother, even strong against that match and firm for Dr. Caius, hath appointed that he shall likewise shuffle her away, and at the deanery where a priest attends, straight marry her. To this her mother's plot she seemingly obedient likewise hath made promise to the doctor. And thus it rests. Her father means she shall be all in white, and in that habit, when Slender sees his time to take her by the hand and bid her go, she shall go with him. Her mother hath intended the better to denote her to the doctor, 
that quaint in green she shall be loose enrobed, with ribbons pendant flaring bout her head. And when the doctor spies his vantage ripe, to pinch her by the hand, and, on that token, the maid hath given consent to go with him. Which means she to deceive, father or mother? Both, my good host, to go along with me. And here it rests, that you'll procure the vicar to stay for me at church twixt twelve and one, and in the lawful name of marrying, to give our hearts united ceremony. Well, husband your device, I'll to the vicar. Bring you the maid, and you shall not lack a priest. So shall I evermore be bound to thee. Besides, I'll make a present recompense. The Merry Wives of Windsor was written by William Shakespeare. It starred Pippa Sawyer as Mistress Page, Sandy King as Mistress Ford, Andrew Favor as Falstaff, Alistair Sanderson as Master Ford, Philip Donnelly as Master Page, Mary Hall as Mistress Quickly, Robert Aldington as Sir Hugh, Gareth Johnson as Fenton, Alan Curtis as the host, John Hall as Justice Shallow, Mickey Scott as Simple, and David Alt as John. Sound recording was by Stephen Medhurst, and music by Circle Nouvelle. It was produced and directed by Dario Knight for Unbound. Mm-hmm.